0: to the All Things Real Estate Podcast with our very own Josh Barker. With more than 20 years of experience and over 5,000 properties sold, Josh brings a unique perspective to the real estate market. Let's get started.
1: So we're back again. We are back again. It is May. It is May, May, right? It's May. This isn't Russia, is it, Danny? <laughs> so uh, it's May and there's still this. Uh, so many of the same topics that we were talking about last time are still flowing forward. Yep. Like interest rates. Yep. They're still in the fives. Yep. Gone up. People yep. are freaking out because they're so used to almost free money now yep. that money's not free. Like, ah. Yep. Uh, but we also still have low inventory. Yep. And so we have those headwinds and tailwinds battling right now, but people are trying to like, what should I do? What's yep. the market going to do? Yep. One of the big concerns that people aren't talking about is what's the difference between purchasing and renting they're mm-hmm. real concerned about interest rates and buying yep but they're wondering is the market going to continue to appreciate and should i hold out right what are some thoughts on that
0: well i mean it's kind of a uh, it's a pretty big question um it'd be really hard i think for our listeners or viewers to to follow this without looking at a graph or something but um I, I, think, I think the example I could give you is like take a house right now, for example, like a $400,000 home, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say that the appreciation of this 18, 20% stuff that we've seen over the last couple of years, that, that's not consistent. That's not going to happen. So crazy let, let's just use a number that we agree on. Let's say that it appreciates at 3%, right? Which is 5% below I think that's
1: conservative I think yeah. that's a conservative number.
0: And I think most people would agree, right? So let's say you took a, a $400,000 home. Next year, it's going to be $412,000. Based on that example, mm-hmm. the year after that it's four hundred twenty-five mm-hmm. thousand. Year after that it's four hundred forty thousand. Year after that it's going to be like four sixty-five, right? So within compounds you know, fast, it, it does compound really fast. fast. Yeah, Just
1: four years and all of a sudden,
0: exactly. So eight years in, you're like well over five hundred thousand dollars, right? Exactly. All right. So so that person that bought that property has an equity in that home of at least a hundred thousand dollars, like at year seven or year eight, somewhere in there. Okay. OK. And and that's that's real impact of appreciation. But but here's where the the spread really kicks in. If you rent right now, rents right now are projected to go up about five percent a year or every year going forward. Right. And so that means that over the next five, to, let's say next eight years, rents are going to be up, you know, let's say 50 percent. Mm hmm. Um, when that when that happens they're
1: gonna climb faster than 3% appreciation,
0: right? Yeah. So so let's let, let's fast forward that purchase That person is trying to decide between renting and buying let's push them out eight years from now The one that bought probably has over well over a hundred thousand dollars of equity
1: 25% equity,
0: right? Plus they don't have the increase in the monthly living expense because they have a fixed mortgage on their home mm-hmm. the person that rents has no equity and that person is paying probably up to fifty percent more in rent at the very end. And if you look at the difference, the delta between those two, it's probably a hundred or two hundred thousand dollar difference between the two decisions. And so, again, I know it's hard to listen to it without you know without actually seeing the graphs. But what I can say is that do the math. <laughs> it, it's expensive not to own a home long term.
1: You know, the other thing is that uh, so many people that talk about this uh, they get put in two groups one group talks kind of like a day trader They yeah. talk about like the stock market they they talk in these like 30 day 90 day cycles it's like yep. real estate is not a 90 day cycle it needs to be more about what you just said hey let's fast forward five eight years yep right and the other thing is you may not have a 401k right but you will have a place where you lay your head at night oh yeah right yeah. so uh I just think that it, be, people get caught up in that really short term. Yeah, well, interest rates mm-hmm. are really high. And, mm-hmm. you know, I saw the market collapse 14 years ago. It's like this, this market is nothing like that
0: market. No. In fact, we should probably talk about that for just a minute. I think we've talked about it in a previous yeah. uh, uh, podcast. But um, just for a few listeners that if you looked at 2006 or seven, and that's, you know, arguably the peak of that last market, right? Mm-hmm. You had well over 50% of purchases were non-owner occupied. They were speculation types of purchases. Now, today, it's less than 10%, mm-hmm. right? And that's a huge number. Huge difference. Huge difference. Second thing is, is that back then, negative amortization loans or interest-only loans with balloon payments were the common type of loan that a borrower would use. So they were using you know, risky loan products, um, artificially low monthly payments that were all going to reset within like three years. They're going to be paying twice as much for mortgage payment. Whereas of today, people are buying on typically 30-year fixed mortgages mm-hmm. where there is no balloon payment and there's not going to be any major increase in their monthly payment, right? And so that's a, an, another massive difference. Um, back then in 2006 and seven, a lot of purchases were using what's called stated income. I meaning they weren't even showing a bank statement. They weren't showing anything to qualify. They were just literally saying, this is how much money I make. And the lender said, okay, no problem. And they gave them a loan, right? Yeah. Today, no, 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 no. Proof of employment tax returns, bank statements, sourcing all your income. I mean, right now the affordable the mortgage credit affordability index, right now, it's it's really low, meaning that it's pretty tight and difficult for people to get financing compared to 15 years ago. Yeah. A lot different. And so the mar- the markets today are very stable. And so, even if the market slides um, in terms of demand because of interest rates going up, which we all fully expect is going to happen, people are not qualifying now that were qualified, you know, six months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, when we see that happen, we're just not going to see the same shift in inventory. It's just not going to be the same as it was before.
1: Yeah, and another thing is that uh, the people that are saying, hey, interest rates are kind of high, I don't know if I want to buy now, you have to think about a couple of things. Number one, if you're going to wait for interest rates to come down, you're going to miss out on the appreciation of the market, yep, right? Yep, yep. Uh, number two, when those interest rates come down, the it might, when those interest rates come down, that 3% that you're talking about, it'll be more than 3%. Mm. Because every time the interest rates have gone down, it causes buyers to go up. It does. Yeah. So. And the other thing is, if you purchase now, I was talking to a lender the other day, I won't name anybody, but he's a really smart guy. And he was telling me right now, he was saying he was telling people, no, go ahead and get the higher interest rate Mm -hmm. in a couple of years because we are going to probably go into a recession. There's probably no way to avoid it. Right. Feds are going to be forced to bring those interest rates back down. Yeah. You can always refinance then
0: yeah you can so
1: so so normally you know lots of times when the interest rates were in the high twos people were saying hey look you should buy this rate down Mm -hmm. and now they're saying the opposite no no no. go ahead and go with the higher rate yep you don't want to pay the fees why because you're probably going to refinance in 18 months when the feds do bring that interest rate down yeah and you're going to have picked up that appreciation Yep. and there's not inventory in the market there's that's a big thing that's easy to glaze over yeah but it's powerful is that it is very very hard to replenish inventory oh yeah very
0: hard and especially in california
1: And it's not getting any easier.
0: Not any easier. Right now, I think we're sitting at 1.98, almost two months supply of homes for sale. And for our listeners and watchers out there, what it means is that if nothing else comes up for sale, it would only take two months to sell off the existing inventory. That's how low the inventory is right now. And that's right now. I mean, we're in the middle of spring. We're supposed to have more inventory right now and going through summer than we would at any other time. It hasn't been the case though. We haven't seen this massive jump, and and really, I think what it is, or part of it, a contributing factor would be, is that so many people purchase with such low interest rates that they're literally looking around, going, "I don't want to give up my you know two and three quarter percent interest rate." Yeah. So they're hanging out in their homes, which hey, I get it. Congratulations, but that that is having an impact. Uh, new construction, it's not it's not a huge meaningful impact here in the community. I mean, we're getting some new construction, and I'm certainly not complaining for what we're getting now. But we're still grossly under supply compared to what the demand actually could be or is. And um, I don't see that changing anytime sooner because the cost for construction is super high. Cost of land acquisition is is, is still high. Uh, development costs are super high. So, you know, it's just we're going to continue to be in a really a housing shortage, you know, not just nationally, but locally. we're We're still at a shortage, too. So.
1: Two of those major contributors, uh, one is labor. Yep. Uh, I mean, anybody who's talked about, hey, I need some things done in my home. Yep. I mean, beyond just the general contractor, all the contractors are understaffed. Oh, totally. And that's not something that you're just going to replenish overnight. No, no. That's going to take years. No. And the other piece is materials. Yeah. Now, I don't know with all of the um, supply chain disruption. I don't know if it's going to get pecked back up and, you know. Yeah. And, but it just doesn't. None of, i I not like I'm plugged in, but I don't see where it like all of a sudden it just catches up in the supply chains, everything's great, and prices just plummet for you know materials, lumber. Uh, I saw this great uh, photo that tried to show um the cost how much a thousand dollars of lumber would have you could have purchased I think it was like sixteen months ago versus today. Oh. it showed two pallets, yeah, and one was huge and one was tiny like yeah. That. To give you an idea physically yeah, what
0: it's doing, what yeah. it's doing, um, yeah. you know,
1: that eight and a half percent inflation, it's a lot more than that with building
0: materials. Oh, yeah. It's well, the in, I mean, inflation right now, obviously, which is which is why the feds are saying, hey, we're, we're looking at raising rates again. I mean, right now we're in May. They just came out with a report early this month that said that uh, uh, the inflation numbers, I think we're at 8.2 or 8.3, mm-hmm. uh, which means the Fed is likely going to raise those interest rates sometime this next month at another half a percent, mm-hmm. another half a point. Mm-hmm. Uh, for our listeners out there right now, our, our interest rates are averaging about five and a half to five and three quarter. That kind of tends to be what the rate is. It's bouncing a little bit right now as the, as the markets are trying to find themselves. Uh, but that's kind of the general idea of five and a half, five and three quarters, what interest rates are now for a 30-year fixed mortgage. When the Fed raises that rate, we're fully expecting to see interest rates in the low sixes. You know, that's, a, that's the next increase that we're expecting. It's going to have an impact on affordability. It's going to have an impact on demand we are going to eventually see the housing market stop in terms of the, the, the demand. It's going to start to get killed off by the interest rates going up. We're expecting that. But what I think people need to think about, though, is that it doesn't necessarily translate into lower sales prices. What it's going to do is it's going to eliminate demand, but there's not a lot of supply in the market. And so if that supply doesn't jump relative to demand, if that supply doesn't continue to grow rapidly as a result, then prices aren't going to move that much. You know, it's only if that inventory relative to demand really starts to grow. That's really the only way we could start to see prices prices softening. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, but and I still
1: think, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I yeah. still think that Reading is uh, a unique because it is one of the last areas in California. Yeah. Before you leave, you know, a lot of, Oh, everybody's leaving. No, not everybody, a tiny percentage is leaving, but a lot of people are leaving the major cities and coming yep. up here. And so LA can see a decline, San Francisco, San Jose, they can see declines and they have where Redding has continued to grow. It has because we are somewhat of an anomaly within yep. the state, yep. where even though the state might be going down, this area is going yep. up.
0: Well, that, um, that report that came out of it, I think it came out of Stanford. Um, I think it's the Hoover Institute and in Stanford, but, um, you know, they, they determined, you know, what the number one reason for people leaving the state of California was, and it wasn't politics relative to what some people might have thought, but it's, it was actually just affordability. Yeah. So like, you know, LA, San Diego, um, orange County, uh, San Francisco, uh, you know, the, the Bay area overall, um, you know, cost for homes, there are extremely expensive, right? Reading relative to all of those things was very inexpensive. And so, and we continue to be less expensive than the rest of the state and we have a beautiful place to live. So. We're, we're, we're still seeing people like, to your point, coming in from those locations. Um, those are our feeder markets. They really are. Those are the markets that tend to see, we see the greatest amount of influx. It's not people from moving from out of state, moving to Reading. It's people from inside of the state and bigger cities that are moving to Reading, And uh, we're seeing that a lot.
1: Along those same lines, uh, I had a headhunter reach out to me in regards to a position with a company in the Bay Area. Yeah. And one of the things that caught my attention was they said they wanted me there two days a month. Two days a month. Yeah, two days a month. So th- this is, and this is a larger company, but it was just looking for, it doesn't matter. He didn't
0: know who he was talking to. Yeah. Uh,
1: but <laughs> Two days a month. Well, think about think about that for a second. It's like, okay, you have to be in San Francisco yeah. two days a month. Yeah. I mean, that suddenly makes, it, it, it opens up that range. You don't have to yeah. be in San Jose and Mountain View and commute in. No, you got a lot more options. Yeah, that's like, you yeah. fly in for two days a month. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Uh, and so I think you're just going to, I think that's one of those contributors and we've had a few. I don't know if we talked about it on this podcast, but when we when Adam McIlvain was uh, he ran for city council, I man, he had a yeah. couple of just fantastic ideas. And I haven't heard anything about him. It kind of it bums me out. Yeah. Uh, but two of them, one of them was the high speed internet. Yeah. Uh, to have um, the city of Reading actually be an ISP. Yeah. And the whole idea was like, hey, if you can offer. Uh, high speed internet this is this isn't like yes you can watch youtube at home this This is like really high speed really high speed we have all the infrastructure for it and there was grants for it but it would make downtown one of those hubs where companies would move companies that have like 15 employees 21 employees all engineers all people making pretty darn good money sure mid 100s maybe a little bit higher like we said before down the bay area that's not a lot no you're making one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year you're sharing an apartment with somebody yeah, You're making $150,000 a year here. You're easily you a purchasing it. You own a home, a yeah. nice home. Yeah, uh, And so that was a project that's kind of uh, ancillary to the hey two days a month, that kind of thing. The other big thing that I remember him, um, I'm hijacking this podcast, but the other big project that he talked about that I thought was you know building a major solar array yeah. inside the city. Yeah. We're the second sunniest city in the United States. Next Take year, advantage Arizona, of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, it, you know, his uh, tagline, I don't know if he made this up, was it's the dam of the future. Right. Yeah. Shasta dam was huge. Yep. Built. Are you on Shasta Dam. Yep. Um, but anyway, I, these kind of projects that kind of uh, that was kind of anecdotal. You know, that hey, more companies are saying, you know what, if you can just be here a couple of days, yeah. That's the kind of stuff I see as pressure. That's why I don't see Reading, not like I have a crystal ball. I don't see Reading coming down. I see it leveling off like yeah. you said. I think three percent is a very conservative number. Yeah. And it's kind of a cooling off after we did have that. Yeah. I mean 20%, I think it was even more than that. I mean, and we had it compounded over years. Yeah. I
0: mean, well, and it's um it is. And and I think just being sensitive to those who are in the market now that have been in the market. So, you know, we, I was talking about this with our sales team, um, this last week. And I said, you know, there there's two different groups of people that you're going to run into now in the market. You're going to have the group of buyers that have been in the market for like four or five months and haven't bought a home yet. And all they've seen over the last four or five months is what they could qualify for the type of home. They were able to buy four or five months ago, how they bought it back then. And compared to what they're able to buy today, they're just watching that diminish. And so they're they're pretty frustrated and, and understandably so. You know, they 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 thought that, hey, I could take my time, find the ideal home, and and then all of a sudden interest rates start going up, and now this person feels like, well, wait a minute, I I can't, you know, what I was gonna get to enjoy for a monthly payment is gonna be up 50% of that now. And so um, it's frustrating and I, I get it. But there's another group of people. These are the folks that haven't been in the market in renting until recently. They're they're the interest rates that the way they are today this is how they're shopping for homes today. They haven't seen it any other way. And so, you know, for that group of buyers, this isn't a huge shell shock for them. They're pretty excited. And, that, and if you're wondering, well, who's still buying homes? It's it's a lot of the people that are buying homes right now are people that are just now coming into the market who haven't been pre-exposed to the lower interest rates um, that they that they had and, and, and the relationship to what that could buy you in the market here locally. You, you, does that make sense? Totally. Okay, and, and so we're seeing that. Um, playing out right now on Main Street, and so you know we're we're really talking to folks about you know like we talked about earlier in the podcast, which is as frustrating as it might be. Just just think through this for a minute. If you wait longer, if you wait years longer uh, before you decide to buy, as a result of this of this short term issue that we're running into with the likely a recession, like you said coming, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. think about what that cost might mean to you. You know, uh, based on the example I gave.
1: Well, I was thinking there's this business coach I was listening to the other day, and he um, he talked about some of the uh, qualities of people that succeed at a high level. Yeah. And one of them was, he said, uh, their ability to forget, their ability to immediately focus on the next move yep. and not get caught up in, in failure the or there. past or setback. Yeah, exactly. And so that to me, that's kind of in that same vein of like, hey, look. November 2021 is gone. It's gone. There's, don't 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 take that that yep. interest rate quote you got. You throw it in That's done. That's yep. behind you. That's the yep. play behind you. I, and when he was talking about that, I thought about Tom Brady because I remember seeing an interview with Tom Brady about it. Mm-hmm. He's like, "I'm on to the next play." Yeah. So it's Can that I do same about things, the same like, thing. Past, uh, you know, it's it's done. So it's where yep. are you right now? Yep. What does the market look like now? Yep. What do you think the market's going to look like in six months? Do yeah. you think suddenly there's going to be huge inventory and no demand? Yeah. Do you think interest rates are going to drop down to four percent by November? I mean, nothing tells us that. Yeah. But if you lock in now, a year and a half, two years from now, at some point those interest rates will come back down. Sure. And even if they didn't, you locked in a lower interest rate now than if you wait six months and buy in yeah. there at six and a third. Yeah. Because that's where it's going. That's the trajectory.
0: Oh, it is. I mean, the rates are looking like they're going to be in, like we said, in, in the sixes here in the, in the near future. Um, you know, at some point, the housing market will break. My guess is around six and a half percent mortgage rates will push the market uh, and then translate into a recession. I mean, uh, because housing represents something like 17, 18 percent of the overall economy. I mean, it's, it's a big number. Once the housing market, um, you know, gets hit by the higher interest rate and starts to really slow down. Um, I think you'll start to see that ripple effect across the rest of the country in terms of all the other different uh, markets. Um, So if that if that turns out to be the case, um, once we move into a recession, the Federal Reserve won't have necessarily the same pressure. Because with a recession, you kind of usually assume that you're going to start to see your inflation uh, falling down, too. And at some point, that supply chain that we keep talking about, at some point, it's going to begin to catch up. And that's really going to put that inflationary number in a more reasonable uh, level. Um, and then at that point, the the Fed won't feel the, the need to raise rates more uh, when they start to feel like, hey, there, you know, there's there's you know proof that the inflation's slowing down. Um, and when they do that, um, like you said, that's when they'll start to maybe even try to help pull us out of recession by bringing those rates down again. Um, and what here's the question? Housing. Let's just say it was flat. Let's say it is what it is today when we're in a housing recession, if the Fed starts dropping the interest rate in order to stimulate the economy again, what do you think that'll do to home prices?
1: Well they're gonna go up.
0: They're gonna probably go up, right? And they're gonna they're gonna go up in correlation with how fast that rate goes down. And so for folks that are out there shopping, it's like you said, you know, it's okay that the rate's higher. Take the home. And when the rates drop, refinance to the lower rate. But uh if 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 you if you don't want to be in a situation where um, you're you're falling behind on on your on your equity that you're gaining over time, both from appreciation in the market, paying down your mortgage balance, and then compare that to renting. Right, uh, where rents are going up, it's uh, it's a still uh, financially it's a pretty darn smart move. I don't see too many experts would that would boohoo at that too much. Housing is not like the like the stock market. What did the stock market do over the last couple of weeks? It's
1: been tanking big time.
0: Big time. Housing market hasn't.
1: Crypto has been tanking big right. time. And
0: it was all that fake money stuff. I mean, everybody, I mean, helicopter money falling out of the sky, it went right into crypto. It went right into uh, the stock market. And that's why we have these nice bubbles there. The housing market didn't do that. It didn't do that.
1: I'm trying to remember the other day I was talking to my financial advisor and he was telling me about a stock. Uh, I won't say it. But it was trading at about a quarter of its high. Oh, well. right. And he's like, oh, I think it's value. And I said, what's the PE ratio? And he's like, hold on, 37.
0: <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> hold on. Our listeners don't know what the PE ratio is. Price
1: to earnings ratio. So that right. means, you know, for every share, yeah. how much money did they yeah. make versus how much it costs, yeah. right? So yeah. if they said, well, there's a billion shares and they made a billion dollars yep. uh, and the stock was trading a dollar, you're like, oh, the P ratio is one to one, which never happens, by the way. Right. But you'd be like, oh, OK, I bought the share for a dollar because it made a yeah. dollar. So it had dropped down seventy-five percent of its high value. Yep. And it was still trading at thirty-seven times how much they were actually making.
0: Which is really crazy, is what Joey's saying on it's this. Cra- that's yeah. insane. Yeah. Like,
1: not like I'm stock guy, but I remember, you know, I first started reading stocks twenty, three years ago, and PE ratios would be like
0: thirteen yeah, or high 15, PE. 17, Those would be yeah. high PE ratios. Yep.
1: Yeah. Now though the tech world it's just the PE ratios are insane.
0: They're not well it's not attached to reality anymore not at all yeah it's because there's so much in, uh, uh, investor participation in the stock market That's so much it. emotion yeah Well and every time you know they print money every single time it, it always does the same thing. it flows into a couple areas and typically it's going to flow into the stock market somewhere um, as a result of that and you know it's, it's you know we've printed so much money over the last couple of years. Um, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch, right? So we're, we're all paying the price now for that free money with inflation. And every, every household now is going to have to deal with it. Everybody's talking about the gas prices and everything else. And th- that's having a real impact. And, and, and when, if you want to draw that back to real estate, fuel prices are having an impact on the, the more rural communities around Reading. You know, the values of homes are having and are being impacted uh, in, in, some manner because of the commutes getting longer. So like if you live in red, if, if you work in Redding and now 30 minutes away, living 30 minutes away from, you know, your office in Redding now is no longer as attractive as it was before because the cost of fuel now is, you know, six bucks a gallon where when you thought about doing it before, it might've been two fifty a gallon, mm-hmm. $3 a gallon. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so we're having some impacts from that, um, uh, indirectly too with like fuel prices.
1: So, you know, to recap it, yes, interest rates have gone up. Yep. But Reading has very, very low inventory. Oh, yeah. It's going to be incredibly hard and slow to replenish that inventory. Yep. Reading is a destination for people to move to. People are not leaving Reading. I mean, you may have a, oh, my friend moved to Idaho. What are you talking about? For every friend that moved to Idaho, there's two or three people that moved from San Jose, yep. Stockton, Roseville to Reading. Yep. So our- And
0: people moving back. I mean, I've, I've had friends move back from Idaho. I've had friends move back from Montana. Um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not boohooing any of those locations, but you know, everybody thinks the grass is greener and then they go and they look and they go, wait a minute. It's, it's the same green grass I had before, you know? So, Well,
1: I'm not gonna say any names, but we have several friends that moved, um, east of here and every one of them, uh, it was hard for, we'd get on calls with them and they don't want to flat out admit, mm. but they're they you could just hear it when they would talk about like ice storms and weather <laughs> tornadoes. And, and- I was talking to one of them the other day, and I won't say who and I won't say where, but uh, there's a TV show based on where he moved. And he said, people here just don't care. He goes, like, they don't bathe. They don't care. Like, they just don't care. And he goes, at first it was kind of cool because there's not this pressure. He's like, but at some point you're like,
0: I want to care. You've been wearing that shirt four days in a row. You need to go you know.
1: he just, uh, and it was a buddy that he left California and he shook his fist when he left Yeah, and he was like, man, California's so awesome. I was like, "Why?" Wow. Yeah. I did, I was not going to be like, I told you, so I was not going to rub his nose in it. I, I tried to yeah. support him. I'm like, Hey man, you know, I'm it's
0: so, tough. I yeah, mean, yeah, it right. depends. I mean, if you're, if you're chasing kids around the country and you know, wanting to be around the grandkids and all that stuff, I totally get all that. I mean, family, you want to keep the family together. That makes total sense. And you know, kids might be chasing work and then, um, you know, then the parents start chasing the kids so they can be around the grandkids. You know, I get all that. I mean, if, they're, if, if my wife and I were to leave Reading, it would be because we were chasing grandkids somewhere, I'm sure of it. That would probably be the only thing that would pull us away um, and probably wouldn't even pull us away full time. It would just be a per- portion of the time uh, because, you know, it, it, Reading at the end of the day, I mean, when you think about um, the fact that we are surrounded in th- on three sides by just majestic mountains, Mm -hmm. that we have lakes that most of the time have water in them. (laughs) We have, you know, we can ski, you know, just, you know, an hour away from home and uh, get to the coast in a couple hours and have a great weekend. You can go down to the city if you want to go and experience the city. I mean, um, and, and the people we, we live amongst some of the coolest people in the country. And, uh, I, I statement, Josh, I believe it though. I really do. And, and, you know, they're, they're awesome people. Um, I can understand why people from the Bay area or Southern California, they come up here and spend a couple of weeks with us um, and get to meet some of our residents up here. I'd fall in love with this place too. So yeah, I'm definitely biased. Um, but I, I also think that for those of our folks that have left the area, it, it wasn't because of Redding that they left. No, I, 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 I would say they left because of the state of California taxation and things like that. they were frustrated about other things. Yeah. And um, you know, that that's a part of the equation I'm sure. But the end of the day, man, you know, this is a great place to be. So, um, you can cast me, I appreciate the time today again.
1: Likewise, man. Always
0: has fun. I always have fun wrapping with you a little bit on this stuff. Likewise. But, uh, yeah, for all your listeners out there, hope you guys have a great May and uh, we'll talk to you guys next month. Sounds good. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. Thanks. If you're enjoying the all things real estate podcast, please feel free to subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts that helps others find the show. And we really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode.